passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media, from broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, hi there. Oh, yes, it is a podcast time. Jerry is in scenic East Lansing, Michigan for Michigan State Rutgers this evening. Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello, podcast people. Hello, Eddie Scazzeri. Have you ever been to East Lansing, Michigan? Uh, I have not. I've been to Detroit. You have? Yes, for a uh, Lions-Giants game. Oh, Lions-Giants game. Back in the, in the uh, 90s. Yeah. In the Silverdome. Nice. In Pontiac. Pontiac, Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's the, was in the suburbs as well, right? Yes, I don't know. If, I don't think we made it into downtown uh, Detroit. I don't think we did. Detroit has a reputation of like, to me, one of the most dangerous cities. Yeah, big name cities. Like for a while, it was the murder capital, murder capital of the world. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, but but if you want to look on the bright side, it's Hockey Town. USA. Uh, Hockey Town, USA. Mm-hmm. David Letterman had an old joke many years ago. This is when Mayor Dinkins was still running New York City. Yes, and uh, he said uh, a new a new statistics are out in Newark, New Jersey was considered was voted uh, the most dangerous city, and uh, he said David Dinkins is demanding a recount. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. Yes, it is. But Detroit to me just seems like. Scary. Yeah. Although, you know, you don't know if that has changed and has gotten like New York is a hell of a lot different than it was in from the, you know, mid 80s. Yeah. I was growing up. It was rough. Same here. Late 80s to me when I was in, uh, when I had the opportunity to do uh, an internship, I love nothing more than Howard Stern Show and K Rock. But to even think about applying for an internship there and having to come into New York City, that was like, my opinion of New York back then was that everyone was armed and had their guns out, mm-hmm. ready to mug you, shoot you, steal your wallet at a minimum. In 1984 or five, must have been 84, uh, I have uh, Mormon relatives out in uh, Utah. 
uh, one of my uh, mom's sisters converted to Mormonism, blah, 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 blah. And they had a, f- a family friend who was coming to New York for I don't know what reason. From Utah. From Utah. And uh, I won't say his name because, you know, I guess we can't do that. But uh, And so, and I was a junior, I think, in high school. And I decided to take him into the city just for a whirlwind tour. You know, like, this is New York, you're here. Yeah, me and Maps and everything. So I just took him all over Manhattan. But In your car? No, no, oh. a subway. I took the ferry <laughs> from Staten Island, where I grew up, and then took the subway all over the place. And we saw so much, and one day it was crazy. Uh, and I took him to Times Square, and this was mid-'80s. Porno Times Square? Oh, my God. And besides that, we were offered to buy handguns, mm-hmm. fake IDs, drugs, sex. And that was just... And I didn't really even think, it didn't phase me. Not right. that I was a tough street kid, I wasn't. But it was in the middle of the day, and there was, you know, lots of people around. So I wasn't, like, afraid. I wasn't in a, you know, it wasn't night, and there was no people around. But this kid's mind was blown. I mean, this Morin kid from, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah, and his, like, uh, it was an eye-opening experience sure. for him. But then, you know, you flash forward to now, where... Times Square is like, you know, the naked cowboy and tourists and no cars even on parts of right. it. And it's just, I guess in, with the Giuliani sort of really yes. started cleaning it up and it's really maintained. Now, some people complain that we've lost uh, the character and the flavor, but that's something that maybe that character, that flavor would be okay to to not have. Right. We didn't. It was like porno theaters, right? All, all over the place. Yeah. In Times Square, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how, what was the process to kick them out? I don't know, but like how did he I, get I, them out? I, I yeah, legally? it just it was a slow process, and then you just but like ten years later, you look around and it's like, wow. And even Central Park in the daytime was a little sketchy. Really? Now again, at night maybe it's still you know some incidents that occur. I I don't know. I don't know the crime stats, but. Central Park, you did not want to be in there once the sun went down at all. Right. And it was, but now, like, you know, and I've, in the, uh, in the, I guess, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, whatever, we were still in Astoria, so longer than that. We used to play softball in Central Park. Used to go there early and hang out. It was great, you know, no problems. But back then, problems. The only thing that got me into New York when I was uh, in high school was I, I had, Wrote, I wrote away for tickets for David Letterman when he was at NBC. Mm-hmm. And three years later, I got them in the mail. So I was like, I have to go to New York for this. But it was like, I was very nervous. And to your take public the train floor and, was just all tightened all up. All tightened up. Me and my friend Paul came into the city to go see David Letterman. From the podcast, Paul. Yeah, Paul from the podcast. We came in to see David Letterman, then right back out of town. As how soon old as the show. were you? Um, I, I think it was probably 87. So maybe I was a senior in high school or, mm-hmm. or, or just a year out of high school, mm-hmm. still too afraid to come in for an internship, thinking coming in every day or a couple times a week, no way. That was your Middlesex County College uh, era? Middlesex County College era, absolutely. I want to see what you think of this, Eddie, because uh, I had tweeted about this uh, last week, and I, and I got quite an uproar from people, and I've gotten Jerry's take on this over time, and uh, you know how I battle the phone callers to sports yes. talk radio programs. Yes. And and I had written on Twitter that I believe that 5% of the callers are good callers. Mm-hmm. Like really good. 
And then people said to me, well, well, what makes up a good caller? And to me, I said the uh, one that we can hear your connection. Yes. Right. Uh, two, that you have something new to add to the conversation, not just parroting the host. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, have some energy. Right. And four, you don't have to call every day. Right. You don't have to call. When something, when you connect with something that makes you want to call, that's when you call. Right. Do you have other things? You've been here a long time. Have you seen callers, has that whole dynamic changed over the years? Uh, not really. Uh, I would say that it's, uh, and you and I have discussed this off the air, Yeah, that there's a certain mindset for people who call not just sports radio, but any call-in radio show, where perhaps the majority of them are just people who like to hear themselves talk and like to have other people listen to their opinion. And perhaps they're in a situation where they don't get to vent, don't get that release in their daily life. Uh, And so, but here's an avenue where people are asking for you to call. And what do you think about this? And then they sort of feel better about themselves and feel like they're part of something. And part of the family, especially if they become a regular. And the host say, oh, yeah, hey, Al, yeah, you know, whatever. So there's there's that at work. So and I I think that's been the case since, you know, talk radio has been a thing. And again, not just exclusive to sports. Um, But the other thing, which you know and you left out, the other thing would make a, a good caller is that they just have a funny, quick little joke or something that could then spur us to have fun and go, now we're a little bit of a different show than the others uh, on the station. But, you know, that for us is a new, another dynamic to it where if they're legitimately a funny person and have a quick one-liner and is playing off of something we've been doing during the show, that's perfect. Or this is the other part of it where it may not be good for other shows here, but if a person's a uh, more than a little off, mm-hmm. or has a you know a funny accent or something, that all plays and works as well for us, where it may not with other shows. Any sort of unique voice, oh for sure, that sounds different than the majority of the voices. Mm-hmm. And or if you have uh, a kid who calls, which is usually death. Yeah. But for us, it's again because we're a little different. It's can be good. Now, it can't just be any kid. It has to be like a kid like uh, with the viral video from uh, the uh, Machado signing right. yesterday. A kid with a personality. Yes. Right. Exactly. Now, I always wonder this because I think now that most people call from their cell phones, which was not the case when you first started here, Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, that were, They were, no, I mean, gosh. I mean, cell phones were around yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s. But, you know, what, 1% of people had them or less? I remember even when I was working in sports radio in Tampa in the mid to late 90s, you would have uh, the call-in line, then you'd have the cell phone line where people hit, like, star 660 to mm-hmm. to get in. Uh, and it was, like, a toll-free, you know, because those uh, mobile phones used to, used to pay by the minute. Mm-hmm. So this would be like, you know, the Verizon Star 66 line to uh, on the mobile phone. And when we first uh, began, 
there was things called specifically car phones. Yeah. That was not a mobile phone or a cell phone. It was a car phone. Yeah. Which was like sort of hardwired, hardwired into in. your car. Like a CB radio used yeah, to be. Yeah. I don't even know what they use. or right. No cell towers. How is this happening? Right. You had know. an antenna on your yeah, roof. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So that we used to get those kind of calls back in the early 90s. But I think now that everyone calls on the cell phone, that we get a lot more people calling just because they're bored in traffic. Uh, yes. So why they might not really, they wouldn't have called in the past because they don't really have anything to say. They're chewing clock. They're chewing clock sitting on the LIE mm-hmm. or the turnpike or whatever it exactly. is. Yeah, so I think that's changed it. And what else did I write for this? Yeah, so I was thinking of doing short videos with Izzo on how to be a good caller. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure I'll come across as very smug and Oh, 100% douchey. you will. <laughs> and you think about it, it's only 5% of the callers, in, in your opinion, right. your unofficial uh, opinion. My unofficial opinion, 5% is, uh, good callers. And, how, and what percentage of the listening audience actually calls? It's less than 1%. That's of what the, they say, yeah. Of the listening audience that actually will pick up the phone and call. I wonder if that's changed with mobile phones oh I, it's probably increased probably so bumped much, up a little it's easier bit. yeah it's yeah more convenient i did a, a very unofficial even more unofficial than me just wildly guessing uh a couple months ago i i did a twitter poll and i asked have you ever c- called and gotten on the air at wfan yes or no and it was about 10 percent of people that did and then people would write comments back to me like i i called once and got on or i i called on i was on hold i didn't get on the air or the they moved on from the topic but it seems like if that initial phone call goes well and you are a hit you know you say something funny that mm-hmm. or you make the host laugh then that feeds people to call back again it, it can i think it would depend upon the person if, yeah you know if that was the best thing that happened to you in the month of April, right? Then yes. But if you know, if you are uh, otherwise, uh, you know, have a, a rich and full life, rewarding job, good family, that whole thing, I think that would be less likely to be the right. case. You would enjoy it, but then it wouldn't like say, "Oh, I got to do this yeah. again" because I want to feel that again. Yeah, and I want it to be so that when people say, "Well, how long do you have to wait on hold?" I said sometimes. I will have a full bank of people waiting and someone calls and they're on within five seconds. Sometimes I barely, depending on what you have to say and where we are in the topics, right? you might go to the front of the line. If uh, you're not on topic, you might wait an hour. Or more or or wait three hours and not get on. (laughs) Right. Which you feel bad, but you know. The key is to call on topic. Correct. With energy, with a point, boom, boom, boom. And there are often times, and people wouldn't know this, but the person, uh, you barely put them on hold. And as soon as you put them on hold, it appears on the screens for Geo and for Boomer. And there'll be times when, as soon as that happens, that person is then engaged, usually by Boomer. Right. uh, And they're not even ready because they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to, let me just put this coffee down. And then they're surprised and they're not ready. Yes. So, you know, I don't know if you want to add that to your, like if you have a sense of he might go right to you. Right. Be ready is put that into your sort of uh, wrap. Well, now after after all of these, right. Now after all of these years, occasionally I'll say, oh, I will try to get right to you because I'm finally now figuring out 
just know, be ready. Yeah. Though. Like, you know, in two seconds, you could be talking on the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're barely being put on hold, you might be right on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we will call up. How long's the wait? I'm like, what do you have to say? Right. I'll let you know how long the wait is. If you have something funny to say, right? No and, way. and if we're sort of busting on each other, or one of us is bu- being yeah. the target, like CeeLo for today, right? If, if you call up when yes. we're doing that, and you want to then take another shot at CeeLo, you're going to get right, right on. <laughs> you're getting right through, right? Right. Uh, then yesterday, uh, were you and I on yesterday, or when did you? Uh, I was Monday. Monday. So Monday we were discussing somehow it got into laser discs. Yes. And you were mentioning that you remember playing a video game that involved laser yes. discs. So someone did get back to me today, a fellow named Scott Wyman, who I chat with on Twitter every now and then. He said the the game was Dragon's Lair. Yes. That's it. <laughs> and that's when the he one. said I was like, That is it. Yep. I do remember Dragon's Lair. Yes. It was like a Dungeons and Dragons yes. knockoff. Right, right. Like a fantasy motif yeah. and all medieval and this and that. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was a big deal. That was a home video game? No, it was arcade. But what do you mean it had laser disc? Like it had some, like, you know, how those this, those those things that you, you know, the arcade games. Yeah. You would stand in front of them and they were like, you know, whatever, five and a half feet tall right. and had the screen. So somewhere in there for this dragon's lair they had a laser disc that would play little scenes in between your game action and maybe even some of the game action like setting up the story that you you were involved right or after you did something that you know you would see him like riding a horse to the next village or whatever so that's a good job by scott very what's his name scott wyman dragon's lair dragon's lair uh then this morning i had tweeted out um that i that i felt i was a really good typer okay and that in the 1950s, I could have been, you know, male secretaries weren't a big thing then, but I felt like I could have been a typer. Did you take typing in high school? Uh, I did, but I did not uh, take it seriously. You didn't. And it was sort of, you know, an elective senior right. year, and it was just goofing around. And, you know, we used to, do, <laughs> we used to, on these old typewriters, uh, you could actually take off the, pop off the keys, mm-hmm. you know, where the letters were. You know, because it was just like a metal thing. You know how it so is. So this these these typewriters were not plugged in. Uh plugged in. This yeah. was nineteen eighty four slash eighty. I graduated eighty five, so it's eighty four, okay. eighty five. All right. So, so you did not. You know, when we had our computer air quotes class, you know, we were doing Fortran with the <laughs> cards that you would have to put. It was oh my god, yeah, it was like stone knives and bearskins. So it was a typewriter and it had like a ribbon. You know, yeah. the whole thing. So <laughs> what? me and some of the other delinquents used to do was used to pry off the keys, the letters, right. and then put them back on in an order uh, to spell dirty words. <laughs> so that was my typing class <laughs> experience. So you did not really pick up skills from <laughs> Not that. really. And honestly, it wasn't until... I mean, I'm not a good typer. I can type okay now, but uh, it wasn't until... Whatever the last, I guess it's coming on twenty years, you know, where I was at work, you know, and we had a lot of computer stuff. Yeah. Used to, so I picked. I've gotten at least passable now, where I'm not just the two finger situation. But it's only since the, uh, you know, that you really can't survive, yeah, without a, a computer that uh, I've I've learned to type. Yeah, and, I ended up like you. I took it my senior year. As an elective, because I, I don't remember anything else fitting into my schedule. But I was in there with all, like, younger 
girls mm -hmm. who had no interest in speaking to me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know anyone in the class. So I actually did really well in it. And then only a couple, and those were electronic. So I must've gotten like the brand new electronic ones. If you were, I'm only two couple years behind you. Yes. Uh, and if you were using the regular old school typewriter. Um, but I felt like when I graduated high school, that seemed like the one class that actually paid off. Like I was able to yeah. type with two hands legit. without looking. Right. Legit. And how, how, and then speaking of, uh, sad, sad, uh, fake, I, I was so bad and inefficient that when I had, uh, term papers yeah, that, uh, well, she was not my fiance even at that time. She, but she could type. Yeah. So she, she was a great typer, like at the age of 12 for whatever reason. Actually, she was into computers really early also. So that probably helped. Uh, but she used to type my term papers yeah. for me in college, which well, is really pathetic. Yeah, well, that used to be a thing where you would you could pay someone to type your papers. Correct. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that was done. In, and if I was not uh, dating, uh, you know, that would have been happening. Right. You would have had to pay someone. A hundred percent. Because, of course, I was procrastinating. It would be like you know, doing term papers at the last minute. You know, and yes, that was, um, those were not good times yeah. for the relationship, uh, those, those particular evenings when she's up late, uh, typing for right. me, you're not good. Using the whiteout, uh, sheets. Did you ever see yeah. those? Where, yeah. Instead yeah. of the actual whiteout. And she had an old, uh, it's like something hooked up to like a dot matrix printer yes. or something. It was, yeah. Well, that was like the early word processors where they looked like computers. Mm-hmm. And they they came with little screens with just one color, mm -hmm. and you could type it in there and then hit the print button so that you you weren't making mistakes on your thing. But then yeah, it would type on a dot matrix printer with the where you had to peel off the yes, sides of the pages. And it was pages. loud as hell. Yeah. And by the way, this people, young people, young this folks, was, this was before Word. <laughs> my right before Microsoft Word. Yeah, before uh, you know PCs, laptops, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, but what, by the time I got to college, we had a, um, I think we had a computer lab where you could save stuff on a big floppy disk and mm -hmm. then send it to the, the printer. Right. And when you were really done and ready to turn in your quality paper, you would send it to the laser printer. Yes. Now you get a laser printer in your house for like $100 yeah. less. Yeah, right. Not back then, Eddie. Not at all. Stone knives. Stone knives. And bear skins. And then finally, I, uh, I, what I did is I looked through my Twitter, fun things I had been tweeting that I wanted your opinion on. Okay. Because you're not on Twitter. That I am not. Um, this is the, where do you stand on greeting when you greet men? I know if you know the men closely, you're a hug guy. Yeah, I'm a big hugger, yeah. What about you don't know the person well? Do you do the handshake or the handshake half hug? If I don't know the yeah. person, meeting them for the first time, just a handshake. No, you know them a little bit. Uh, yeah, just uh, just a handshake. Yeah, you know. And if I've got a few pops in me, then right. God knows what'll happen. But, then the hug. But you possibly or more, and then but yeah, just a, it would just be a handshake. I never know how to greet women. I do the handshake now just because I wasn't sure what the. You know, in business, for sure. Mm -hmm. if, if a woman comes into the radio station, they go, oh, uh, she's working with IBM. I would shake her hand. Right. But, like, for your wife's friends or, like, Gina's friends, when I meet them, I don't know whether I hug them hello. Right. I think it also, that, it would then depend upon 
the level of relationship between her and this other woman. Right. So Gina has a good friend who, for whatever reason, you just have never met, but she knows all about you and blah, blah, blah. I think in that case, you can go for the hug, peck on the cheek oh, situation. I never do peck on the cheek. Yeah. Uh, but if it's just someone, some, you know, rando, right. either, you know, a casual friend of you know, whatever, then I think the handshake. Yeah. And, and we had talked about um, uh, meeting a Dove's wife. Goldie. Goldie. Mm-hmm. Who, um, what, what is their religion? Uh, Orthodox Judaism. Orthodox Judaism. Orthodox Judaism, and uh, she does not like to touch another well, it's man. Actually, right? Is like, that the religion? It, yes, it's not. Uh, it's not allowed or forbidden. Forbidden to touch another man, correct? Other than uh, husband, correct? Now there will be situations where it's unavoidable, so it's not like you know they're going to be like psychotic about it. I was so happy to meet her, and since that she did not want physical contact, because I can sense that in others. Like, I know when I don't want physical contact. Which is most of the time. Which is most of the time. So I met her, and I said hi, and I I just said hi. Mm -hmm. Even though I was close enough, I could have shook her hand or went in for a hug. I sensed, don't touch me. And uh, Dove, the same, it goes the other way as well, where Dove will, uh, and it happens a lot here, Yeah, because he is the only... um, Orthodox uh, Jewish person who works at the fan. There are other Jewish people who are not not Orthodox. Orthodox, um, where people will shake, will put out their hand. Women who mm-hmm. are introduced will put out their hand to shake, and if he can, like he'll just do the the hot hello. He'll try to get the, do the wave right. first, and then sometimes it's unavoidable, and he's not so socially. You know, unaware as to sometimes he knows. He oh, just, he'll do the shake. He will, really. But it's not. It's not. It's very uncomfortable for him, right, to do that. And I don't know if I ever told you the story uh, about Dove and uh, Goldie's wedding, where I caused quite a stir. No, yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. So Orthodox wedding, which I had no idea right. that it was going to happen. Uh, you were when we got into the, the reception, the men and women. Who were attending were segregated. Okay. On different sides, and there was like a partition in between of the men and the women. Correct. So, the, but you know how the bride and groom come around and say hello to all yeah. the guests and all. And what do you do to the bride when that happens? If you know them, you hug. Yeah, Big hug, hug and a kiss. So, <laughs> uh, so it was me and Steve Summers who were, were at the table <laughs> with. Oh, they're Orthodox people. No, of course, they're all geeked out and talking to Steve. It was right. great, you know, the whole thing. So, you know, Dove and Goldie come around. Dove, oh, hi, Goldie. And I, I gave her a hug and a peck on the cheek. Oh, boy. Not that I was, like, in trouble, but, like, the whole table was, like, <gasps> dead silence. It was fantastic. Really? I only found out later that I really screwed that oh, up. Oh, so it wasn't a scene? No. At the but moment. I think, you know, they were like, a eh, dumb goy. Right. So, you know, what does he know? Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, so that that happened. Yeah, so I, I did enjoy, upon meeting Goldie mm-hmm. and knowing her uncomfortableness, sensing that, I did then enjoy watching others meet her for the first time, all go in for the handshake. Right. It was so awesome to watch. Yeah, right. And so did she shake hands? No, she, no, she shook them right off, which okay. was awesome. Right. But you see, Dove, in certain situations, there's, yeah. you know, he'll, he, you know, I've seen him do it. Yeah. 
Dove's the only guy that I like to see take days off for religious because I go, that guy's all in. It is legit. He is legit. For sure. Into his religion 100%. And when he used to work Sundays, Sunday yeah. mornings, um, he when and it was the early shift, he would daven during his board shift. Daven? Pray. He's praying. Yes. Um, and... But it was during a show, our public affairs show on Sunday morning, where it was on tape. Right. Almost exclusively. Or they would have a guest not taking callers. Because he needs a certain amount of time where he just, you know, at least uh, like 15 minutes or something where he, you know, really should not be doing anything else. So he can just daven. And during the, the tape portions, he was able to to uh, do the davening. Okay. Uh, and, but, you know, again, that's legit. You know, he would wrap the yes. fill in. He put the... the He's the, all uh, in. Yeah, 100%. You know, he does with the tzitzis and everything else. Um, you know, which you have no idea what that is, of course. Uh, but, yeah, Dove is all in. Right. Now, listen, I'm not a believer myself, but for, you know, he is, he's all in. He is all in, It's right. not fake news with right. him. Right. He's a. I like religious people to be all or nothing. Correct. He's all. Yeah. He is not. He is not a la carte. Yeah. He is what it says in <laughs> in the Torah, the Talmud. Right. That's what he does. And the most well behaved children you'll ever. Oh meet. my goodness! Like uh, yeah, like uh, Stepford children. Yeah. It's uh, and also they um, now Dove, uh, which is I think a trend. People can correct me if they're listening. Um, you know. Dove's generation has become more observant than his parents' generation because Dove had a TV, would watch, uh, you know, Star Trek, was a big Star Trek next generation guy. And even though, like, and I think it used to be on on Shabbos on Friday night or Saturday or whatever it was. And, you know, this is one of those letter of the law, maybe not the spirit. Well, he would set the VCR. <laughs> to, and that was sort of debatable whether that was cool <laughs> I think that's or a not. Lot. I'm not sure. So, but I think he somehow justified it. Yes. I, I guess it was technically okay. Right. I would think that's Whatever. okay. You know, just like with, with the, the turning on the lights on a timer, right. similar situation. He was using not allowed, technology. Right. But you're not allowed to, you know, turn the lights on, but you have a timer so you're not sitting there in the dark. Right. And, and all that. So, uh, but he used to, uh, you know, be into that show. He used to watch other shows, but... And I, I still, I believe this is still the case now in their home. And when, uh, when he married Goldie, no television in the house. Really? So if you watch next time his children here, they'll just staring up at the screen. Yes. As if it's an alien spacecraft. Right. Look at these multiple yeah. TVs here. Right. Because we have a bank of yeah. televisions, obviously, around here. It's right. Quite colorful and things going on. So hmm. there you go. There's a little look into Dove's life. Yes. Yes. All right, Eddie, the uh, warm-up program is next. It is over already. Oh, we did a long one today. Uh, yeah. A long one. Mm-hmm. I've got to go play Dragon's Lair right now, so I I, <laughs> yes. I would stick around. And the warm-up show featured uh, CeeLo. Oh, young CeeLo joined me. Who was me. a big winner in the big winner uh, poll. Today. We had a poll. Who who do you want filling in for Jerry, CeeLo, or Andrew Bogish? CeeLo won with, what, 82% of the I vote? I think that was the, about oh. the final number. Crushed. Yeah. Crushed him. Mm-hmm. Crushed Andrew Bogish. All right, warm up next. Soon! Good morning, campers. 
It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here. Jerry is in beautiful East Lansing, Michigan. He's lazy. For Michigan Rutger, Michigan State versus Rutgers. So CeeLo joins me. Hi, Al. I'm glad you got East Lansing. I was about to step in and help you out there. You looked a little unsure. I asked Jerry, go, what is the East Lansing like this time of year? Uh, gray, cold, cold mm. rainy, snowy. Might be better off there today than here, though. Well, no, we're going to get slush. Yeah? Yeah. They're actually going to, you know, get a prediction right for once or not? Uh, I don't know. They're going to mm. get slush, and it's going to affect the, the children's ride home from school children. at 3 p.m. Early dismissal for the kids today, maybe. Well, what go- you're a parent, yes? Yeah. What goes on when they <laughs> go? Sure. When they go, all of a sudden they go. Uh, by the way, uh, school today is going to get out at noon. What if you're working? Yeah, that's a good question. Thankfully, my kid only goes to preschool two days a week for two and a half hours, so it's not much of an issue. Or they do that where they're like, um, you know, at seven o'clock at night. Tomorrow, delayed opening. Right. What? I yeah. I dropped my kid off on the way to work. I don't know. I haven't had to deal with that just yet. The one day uh, a couple weeks ago. Or maybe it was last week. I forget. We were supposed to have snow, and we didn't. They canceled yeah. his school on a Tuesday where I was supposed to, you know, have a little break from taking care of him. Oh, obviously, a rest day for you. It didn't turn into that. This is why both Eddie and I don't have children. That's we the lone reason? Yeah, the lone reason. For is the like five what? days a year, he might be yes. affected by the what, weather. What do we do? That mm. and kids are always sick, and then parents are always sick. I think that's a better reason. It's not everywhere. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, last night at the Devils game, CeeLo, it was a 90s night. Our boy. And they brought in actor, I wrote his name down. Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he played Putty on Seinfeld. And he was also the guy in Seinfeld who painted his face uh, for the Devils game in a Seinfeld episode. Got to support the team. Support the team. So he was there last night. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I love Seinfeld more than anyone, I think. Uh, Right, a lot of people. You and I might be on. We love Seinfeld. Even playing field. We do Seinfeld references. Always. I need a break. From everyone doing Seinfeld-related things, including I can't go on Twitter without a Seinfeld gif for every single thing that comes up. The pro football talk guys, who that's I get a lot of my football news from them, right? (laughs) You just sounded like Jerry right there. What's up? (laughs) Everything they post, they they put a Seinfeld gif, gif, whatever we call it. It's a gif. A gif? Yes. Confirmed. Every single post. I need a break. I'm very I need disappointed in you. I Al. need Patrick Warburton to give the putty in a in a devil's costume a break. When's the last time Please. you saw the putty in a devil's costume thing? On it, uh, uh, constantly on Twitter. That's and, not uh, his fault. Here's the devil's yeah, score. That's not his Gotta fault. Got to support the team. When's the oh. last time he showed up at the Devils game with the jersey on and with the face paint? A year ago. I really think it was a year ago. I don't know. About I think that. this guy comes out every year. Yeah, I would too if they were giving me cash. Yeah, right. Not bad. Cash, cash. By give way, me cash. That dude ripped the shirt off. He's yeah. been hitting the weights. Let me really. Tell you. Oh yeah. Also, still in good shape. Jacked. But then the problem was, as he was leaving the ice, when he went to step off of the ice yeah. onto the bench, he had a little misstep. He oh. face planted. I don't know if you caught that gif last. I night did not on, on the internet. But yeah. listen, if you're gonna once a year show up to the Devils game and rip your shirt off, you gotta hit the weights. Oh, he's hitting the weights. All right, good for, sure. for him. I mean, maybe hitting the you know the beer a little bit as well in the belly area. Beer belly. The arms are he's an older fellow. The arms are, are are filled out. He's been hitting those bicep curls the way you All did. All right. Yeah. Maybe even a little harder. I think even if you you know as uh, men get into their forties, will start to develop uh, bellies. Yeah. If you do. Arm curls only. 
you still, when you take your shirt off, people be like, hey, he has a belly, but look at those arms. Yeah, respectable. You can respectable. Get, you, you can get past the belly. You give right. him credit for the, well, at least he's working on the yeah, arms. He's working on muscular. Yeah. yeah. They call that a dad bod. That's right. Right? I've got the dad bod. Mine is the big arms right now. Oh, and you're not I've 40 got, yet. Got to work. No, I'm not. You're not even a man. Just when, turned 33. 33? Yeah. I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm a, now, I'll give you, I will buy <laughs> you your me. turkey sandwich today yeah. if you can give me the name of the man who said that. Mike Gundy. Wow. I owe him a turkey He's sandwich. a favorite. He's yeah, a, he, Al is obsessed with that quote. I do that okay. quote all the time. Oh, I know you might know the quote, but I just oh, figured yeah. you might not care who actually said the no, quote. Jerry has told me many times because oh, okay. I do I it constantly. All right. I'm you know a man. Al has I'm a 40. mullet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, very strange. Mullet action. Strange yeah. fella. Mm. Uh, my computer is not working today. Uh, uh, someone who's not a professional, this I probably would have canceled the show. <laughs> but uh, I just put canceled my... Canceled the show. <laughs> yeah. The but I'm a professional. Minutes. I saw you were looking for... You were hunting for ratings yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Neil Best of Newsday, Andrew Marshawn from The Post. They yeah. were writing uh, all about sports radio ratings. So I wrote them. I said, I see no reports of Jerry and I's warm-up show. Yeah. Of a 12-minute show. Need the numbers. Yeah. What's our competition? Mm. Who are people bouncing to when they click? I don't know why you click this off, but if you click this off, where are you going? They were quick, both quick to give you um, very uh, politically correct replies. Yes. yes. They didn't really give me an answer. No, they were just being nice to you, which I'm, is nice, I guess. I'm going to ask Mark Chernoff for a detailed report. I'm sure he'll have it for you. <laughs> if it were bad, you probably would have heard about it That's already. right. But we wouldn't be sitting here right now. It must be dominating. <laughs> he has not want Jerry and I to... Hold him up for a big money. Right, yeah. To do a 12, your head's too big. Yeah, do a 12-minute show. <laughs> uh, the White Sox, CeeLo, are devastated. Yes, they are. Devastated that Manny Machado has signed with um, the Padres. They uh, hired his relatives. Hired. Nice. Hired signed his relatives. is what we use in sports. Yes. Oh, I thought they were like front office people. No, oh. they're on the roster. Oh, they're going to get Yonder Alonso is his brother-in-law, and John Jay was his good buddy who used to play for the Padres. That's the best part. If I'm the, the White Padres, Sox, White Sox I send the message today. I cut those guys. Sicilian message? Cut them. <laughs> See you later. They had a locker ready for him, which yeah. is embarrassing. As uh, the young people say, thirsty. Uh, they were looking thirsty for Manny Machado. Mm. Uh, so now they've got to fill that locker. It was bad. I, we got the Kenny Williams audio for you later coming up. Oh, he was like, you know, legit broken up about it a little bit. Yeah, they were very upset. Hear it in his voice. Very upset. They woke up yesterday thinking they were closing in on him. Right. Imagine, and then he found out. He go, They asked him how he found out. He goes, uh, in a tweet. He goes, unfortunately, I found out in a tweet. He's scrolling through Twitter. Yeah. And then, and then I heard from his agent. Uh, so he got the news on Twitter first. All right. Yeah. Listen, it's a Twitter world. Yes, it is. Which is why I'm all over it. All right. So that's over with. What is my... Oh, <laughs> this was my other baseball story I had today. This Trevor Bauer. <laughs> seems yeah. like a real... Harris was telling me about this. Pool. Did Tony cover this? No, on I'm show? sorry. Tony, that's right. Not Harry. Did Tony, Tony was telling. Did Tony cover it or he was telling you off the he air? He told me off the air, but then I believe he did broach the subject really? with Harris. I want to say at like 5.05. I wasn't sure if this were a Tony topic. He, he did. Did Tony he steal one of my topics in this hour? Five oh five. Maybe it wasn't 5.05, but since I arrived at 4, I did you, hear you it heard briefly it. discussed on the air. A lot of maybe people. Maybe 4.05. A lot of people set their alarms at 5.45. Obviously. So highly rated to them. Uh, 12-minute program. Uh, he sat down, I guess, with Sports Illustrated, and he was talking about when you're in a when you're uh, dating a Trevor Bauer, mm. these are his three rules and things you can expect uh, with him. Uh, his first rule, uh, what do you say? Um, no feelings. Right. He doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want women falling in love with He's him. He's keeping it casual. 
He's keeping it casual. Okay. So as soon as he feels like the girl's catching feelings, he's Kick out. to the curb later. Kick to the curb. He's out of there. Number two, no social media posts about him. Mm-hmm. No Instagrams of, I'm dating Trevor Bauer. Okay. Look. Private life is private life, he says. And number three is... I sleep with other people. (laughs) Did he do a sports minute on this? Apparently. Everyone's doing this. This is my topic. I'm a man. Come on. I'm 40. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's going to sleep with other people. All right. I'm going to... This guy's a... He's just a bad guy. Let me preface it with this. Trevor Bauer is a strange... Human being. I think that's been get established. In... Yeah, he had the back and forth with the woman on Twitter. It was a teenager. He called her a bully. He goes, that's how you... <laughs> he goes I had to show how you deal with bullies on Twitter. It was Twitter. a teenage right. girl. Yeah, so they went back. All right, he's a weird guy. The yeah. thing with the drone with a couple years ago cut his finger. and all you know, right. There's all kinds of weird stuff. But as far as this particular situation goes, I think we're going to get on him because he actually publicly spoke about it. But yeah. I bet a lot of these professional athletes have the same three rules, if not more. Right. I sleep with other people. <laughs> I mean, just think about just think about what we used to hear about Jeter with the, you know, you never heard nothing. I mean, you hear about oh he's dating so and so, but you you know, unless it was Paige, you weren't seeing a lot of. There was no social media posts. Right. He was giving out the gift bags to women, you know, after the fact, sending them home. So validating parking. I'm we heard. Sure, there's a lot of this stuff that goes on. It's just people aren't willing to publicly speak about it. That's the difference. But the Yeah Jeets story came from one of the one girlfriend that said he would sit on his couch nude, yeah. and watch highlights of himself and yell, <laughs> Yeah Jeets. <laughs> I'm that, sure there's a lot of weird stuff that, that can't goes be on. true. Oh, I see. I wouldn't. I don't. You I wouldn't think, say it can't be true. Uh, so you I, think? I think there's a legit chance that that is true. I'm not he, saying it is, but it, I wouldn't be surprised that Derek Jeter sat on his couch nude, <laughs> watching highlights of himself. All right. When we come back, I do have another good story. What do I have? Oh, an interesting story about the uh, 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 Michael Jordan sneakers. Good? Come on. After this. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, Boomer and Geo coming up at the top. Manny Machado heading to the Padres. Ten years, 300 mil. The reported numbers deal pending a physical. The Dodgers and Major League Baseball more in the loss of Don Newcomb. Passed away Tuesday at the age of 92. Rangers edge Carolina last night, 2-1. Penguins beat the Devils, 4-3. You got the Islanders visiting the Flames tonight at 9-30. We'll try to go run through this story quickly. It involves a Michael Jordan autographed shoe. Mm. That was displayed in a uh, sneaker store in a mall for a number of years. number of years, all right. So this is back in 2001. The mall is being demolished. Some dude who is the custodian there sees the sneaker in this pile of rubble and says, let me grab that. That's the Michael Jordan shoe wise, I used to walk by all the time. Wise choice by that gentleman. Kept it in his basement for 17 years. <laughs> okay. He's now put it up for auction. Short on cash. Put it up for auction. It's supposed to fetch supposedly around like twenty grand. The guy who used to run the old sneaker store uh, said, "That is my sneaker. Mm. Whose sneaker is it?" He didn't remember where he put the sneaker. Yeah, left it in the rubble. Left it in the rubble. No, this guy gets the, gets rescued the it out of the rubble. Hundred percent. It's not a pair of shoes. It's just a singular shoe. Singular shoe. I'm with the custodian. Which was signed by Jordan, I think, in 1984, they said. You leave a signed MJ shoe behind in the rubble, you right. don't deserve to get it back. Sorry. I don't know how they prove it's a real MJ shoe, but supposedly this auction company that put it up has 
the certificate of authenticity. Yeah, has authenticated yes, it. Yes, okay. However they go about doing that. But this guy's going to make a run at this uh, sneaker F lawsuit. Him. Get him out of there. So you're off with the I'm custodian. With the custodian. Was this mall in Illinois, I'm assuming? <clears throat> no, I do not believe it was in North Illinois. North Carolina? I'm not sure. It's just a random mall? I think it was just a random mall. Okay. And it wasn't a big shoe store that we're aware of here on mm, the East Coast. I see. The best coast there Obviously is. Obviously not a great mall either if they're getting rid of the mall. Or they did 17 years ago and demolished it. Bob Seger and the Silver yeah, Bullet yeah. Band have been Bob rocking Bob. and rolling for over five decades. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there. This is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night. On behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.